So as we begin this Christmas season, I want us to recognize not only the significance of one moment in time, like that minute, but also of the strategic nature of those moments. In other words, we're looking at the strategic nature of time as, as timing. Everything that God is calculating and working in our life, that is a strategic work of God's hand in our lives. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we're thankful for every moment, every second, every millisecond of life that you give us to live. Our days are numbered before we take our very first step. The time that you call us home is exactly ordained. We know, you know exactly how many days, hours, minutes, seconds, etc. that we have to live on this earth. But as your children, Father, seeking to follow you, to love you, I pray, Father, that you make us that much more aware of the gift of each day and, and what you want us to do in each day. So that we can know that by the end of the day that we have had the day that you intended for us to have. That we've done the work or not done the work, that we've done whatever you've told us to do for that day and we've utilized that day well because we're in your will. I pray you bless that. I pray to your Holy Spirit that you just will touch hearts. My prayer, Father, is that we will meet with you, that your spirit will just touch our hearts, that your presence will be very, if you pardon the expression, Lord, very thick, very evident spiritually in our presence. And I pray that you would just be glorified and our hearts would be humbled before you and that we would love you and be moved in our spirit for you more and more in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever stopped to consider how important timing is to everything that exists? Time, God is mathematical. Everything's mathematical and timing and everything is in place perfectly. For instance, do you plant a tomato plant in November? You don't plant in November, right? Do you paint the outside of your house in January, typically, when it's raining? No, right? Do you go swimming during February? Some people do, and I think they're, whoops. You know, <laughs> jumping into Lake Michigan, you know, in the, in the dead of winter, you know, you've seen those guys do that. And I don't know how they, how they live, how their heart handles that. But typically, I don't think it's a good idea to go swimming in the middle of winter, right? We just don't do that. Why? It's not the right time. And, and I know those are kind of very simple, almost silly illustrations, but at the same time, being particular about our time with God or the time that God gives us on, our, on a daily basis is important to our walk with Jesus. If we're aware of our time and what we're doing and how God is leading us through that time, again, if we're in his will, then we know that we're living the time that God has given us rightly. And that's important. That's important. So there's a right time for all these activities of planting or painting or swimming, etc. And I think we all agree that December is not the best time to start dieting. Everybody like to start dieting in December? You know, eating, I'm going to eat healthy now as you go to the parties and you see all this stuff. It's torturous to not just engage in eating all that great stuff. And so December is not the best time to do that. Does one minute make a difference in our life? Just one minute. You know what? If you're, have you ever as a kid gone and sat on the, on the floor of the pool and sat down 
I know my sister and I, my stepsister and I, we, we would sit on the bottom of the floor as kids and we would have tea parties in the water. And we'd pour tea in each other's cup and drink and let a few bubbles go up or whatever. But I tell you what, when it came time to go back up, one minute was a minute. <laughs> and that was hard. And so one minute can make a difference. More seriously, focusing on that, how much did one minute mean to those in the Twin Towers when they went down? One minute to get out. One minute to get away. Whatever the case, one minute before we meet our maker. I mean, one minute. I mean, that had a whole different type and focus. One moment, the, six, the 60 second interval of time is, we have one moment, a 60 second interval of time is one minute. And it's placed in just the right location that can make, make a world of difference. Let me give you an example to that. Scripture says, a good word in due season is like apples of gold on a platter of silver. In other words, if you're prompted by the Holy Spirit at a moment to say something good to somebody, that good word at that moment could be just the exact minute and moment that they needed to hear that. And that's a valuable moment of time. So we can start looking at time and valuing it a little bit more sensitively before the Holy Spirit as we walk with Him. Our message theme this month is Miracles of Christmas. It's easy to get wrapped up, we all know that, in the activity and the season of Christmas. It's also easy to miss the miracles of Christmas, and we're going to look at that. This Christmas season, we need to spend time of moments reflecting on the significance of Christ's birth and some of the miracles that were associated with it. We know the story of Jesus, we know his birth is a miracle, but we want to look at some of the miracles that are associated to the birth of Christ, how that affects our lives. And Galatians 4.4 is an incredible verse, and it says this, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. You know what the fullness of time meant? I mean, God was right down to the exact millisecond when Jesus was delivered by Mary, right? The exact millisecond, if you will, of time that the Savior entered into the world at his birth was preordained, pre-planned, but there were also things that lead, led up to it that were necessary for the, for the right time and the right place in which Jesus would be born. So at just the right time, God sent his son, that represents the miracle of what? The moment. I like that. The moment of time. The, it's, just, it's kind of a, a, a thought process that maybe we haven't embraced. The miracle of the moment. Look at the miracle of the moment was that that person was blessed because God led me to say something good to them that they needed to hear today. At just the right time in history, Jesus was born. And the coming of Christ into the world was not a matter of chance. We know that it was preordained of God. His coming was part of God's divine plan established before the foundation of the world. Guess what? Your coming into the world, my coming into the world, our birth was established by God before the foundation of the world. The perfect time, the perfect place, the perfect Time that says, now your life begins here. 
and, were, and we were born. In 1 Peter 1.20 it says, He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. So before the foundation of the world, it was, in, it was pre-planned, prescribed by the Father. The Son accepted the prescription of the Father for mankind's salvation or provision of, of salvation. And that was decided before the, the world was created. And then at the appointed time, thousands of years later, Jesus was, Jesus was born. In John 17, 24, it says, Father, I desire that they also, whom you gave me, may be with me where I am that they may behold my glory which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. Now, from a historical perspective, the Roman and Greek empires had helped prepare the world for the birth of Jesus. Anybody know how? The Romans constructed roads that connected city to city, making travel easier, and all roads led to Rome. The world was at peace under Roman rule for the most part. Roman laws and soldiers protected citizens and provided peace. Structure. So thanks both to Greek and Roman conquest, Latin and Greek were known across the empire as well. Making communication possible with many from all over the world. The day of Pentecost. And the disciples and the 120 disciples in the upper room, the Holy Spirit ascend. And, and Jerusalem was a major metropolis that people from all over the known world came in that city as a major hub of, of, of trading. But it was there that the Spirit of God gave different languages to the disciples in the upper room to speak in different languages that people on those, and, and right there that day at that time were hearing the different languages of the gospel being preached and they were going, hey, that's my language. It was appointed at, the, at just the right time for that to happen. I want to look at the promises from God's word and see his character reflected in the action of proper timing. In Psalm 145, 15, it says, The eyes of all look expectantly to you, and you give them their food in due season. The times when I've been very, 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 very hungry as a bachelor, and God still provided what I needed at the right time. Deuteronomy 11:14 says, Then I will give you the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the latter rain, that you may gather in your garden and your grain, excuse me, your new wine, and your oil. God knows exactly what you are going through in your life, and he knows exactly what you need. Look, he knows you personally. He knows your life. He knows your heart. He knows what you're going through. He knows exactly what you need. And at the exact time, God will interject and intercede in your life according to his plan. I love the fact that God loves us so much that he's so involved in our life and knows us all so intimately. Knows us far better than we know ourselves. At just the right time, he will come to you and provide what you need for the moment. His timing is always perfect. We have to learn that, don't we? Our timing is what we want, and we say, God, I want it now. I want it yesterday. <laughs> Whatever. But if we trust God and surrender to him, die to ourselves, yield to him, and say, Lord, whatever your will, then we can trust that his timing on things is perfect. I waited 26 years. I think it was 26 or 27 years before I got married. 
And I thought, well, I had my list. Oh, I told God everything I wanted. <laughs> and so I had my list. I kept waiting and waiting and waiting. And God brought me who I needed in the, in the exact time. So no matter what our life is going through, no matter what our needs are, we can trust God for the, his timing. He continues to come to us at just the right time, just when we need him the most. He is there. We can praise God for that, can't we? God is always there for us through, through everything. Dark times, the bright times, every time in between. Romans 5, 6 says, From when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. That's very important. At the very specific time of Jesus on the cross was, was a preordained before the foundation of the world uh, of his dying on the cross. Isaiah 53, hundreds of years before, prophesied about Jesus dying. In Hebrew, the word is moed. Moed is an appointed time, an appointed time appointed by God that something will happen. So God in his sovereignty says at this very appointed time is when Jesus would be nailed to the cross. Every strike of the hammer of that stake into Jesus' hands and feet were on time, planned by the Father and yielded to by, by Jesus. Okay? And so... Um, when do we need a miracle? You know, we might say, God, I really need you to intercede here. I need you to do something now. I need your healing hand. I need your wisdom. I need your grace. I need your strength. I need you. I need you to hold me. Whatever the case is, I need you. I need a miracle because knowing Jesus is a miracle. Experiencing his presence is a miracle. Knowing and seeing his intervention on our behalf is a miracle. Because it's not of man, it's of God. And so when we see God interact in our lives in various ways, those are miracles of moments of time that we can praise him for. When you have no more options and no more resources, you're in a position to receive, receive a miracle from God. I've said it another way. The greater the challenge, the greater the opportunity for God to reveal his power to you as we rely on him. He has promised to come just at the right time and provide just what you need for the moment. You know, the, the sad thing is sometimes God will intercede and provide what we need, but we don't recognize it and we don't take it if we do sometimes. Sometimes we wrap ourselves up in ourselves so much that we aren't willing to accept the grace that God is giving us and, and then move on in his strength. We'd rather stay in our trouble than rely on his strength for grace and peace. And we need to be willing to receive what he gives us at that right time. When we are utterly helpless, Christ still comes to us today. That's a miracle. God, I need you. We were talking about that in Sunday school, part of our paleo study in Hebrew, a symbol that is for the, uh, it's, it symbol looks like a guy that has his hands up in the air, right? And it's, it's just calling out to God, and, and, and crying out to him, and Yahweh, or Jehovah, or Yahweh, means is the personal name of God. And in that, um, the very definition of the name, what we're learning in a study is that, is that it's God working his grace in, in, through his life in our life. And I thought, so if someone calls out to God and say, hey, I said, this is the part that I said in Sunday school, I said, I said, 
Have you seen people or even yourself in life where you go, God, help me. God, I need your help, right? Wherever you're at, I'm about to crash in a, and die in a car accident. God, help me or whatever, right? Crying out to God is the same as calling on Yahweh. Because the meaning of Yahweh is that God's hand, the mighty hand is there giving grace to, to, to secure our lives in him. And so calling out to him and looking for that miracle in the moment of time is that inter interaction of God working in our life just at the right moment. So when we are utterly helpless, Christ still comes to us today. It seems like we're always waiting for just the right time to do something. We're waiting for just the right time to make that commitment of our life to Christ as Savior and Lord. And I've had people tell me, you know what, I hear the gospel, I'm just not ready to receive him. You know what my response is to them? You better think about that because you may not have time to be ready tomorrow. Right? Because we don't know how much time we have. And so we, we, we people will look for that moment that's just the right time to make a commitment to church, to join the church, because that's part of God's divine plan for our lives as Christians. Uh, maybe you're waiting for just the right time to, um, to commit to a closer walk with God. Well, I'm not yet ready to walk that close with Jesus yet. I'm not right, ready to turn my life over 100% and just give myself over to God. But there might come a time in your life where you say, you know what, I'm done living in my way. I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> and my life is not more important than my life with you. My relationship with you is far more important than what life I want. And so if I yield myself to you and give myself to you and turn my life over to you and, and follow you, then as I follow you, you're going to show me the life that you have for me. And sometimes people have to take a moment to commit themselves to that, get to that place, that moment in time to do that. Maybe you've been waiting for just the right time to give up a bad habit. I'm done with this in my life. And God is there to give you grace and victory in that. In 2 Corinthians 6, 2, it says, For he says, In an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. That verse is, you know, if anybody says, I need to wait before I receive Christ, go to that verse. <laughs> That verse in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 6 2 tells us today's the day of salvation. There is no waiting time. <laughs> you need to do it now. Right? We can rely on God to work out our daily walk with Him and troubles with Him as, as well. As Scripture also relates to the fact working out your own salvation is working out your own walk with Jesus as you follow Him. Now's the right time to make a commitment to Christ. Mark. 115 says, in saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus Christ in your heart, or if you're listening to the message live or later when you're listening to it on, online, um, and you've never asked Jesus Christ in your heart as your personal Lord and Savior, now is the time to receive Jesus as your, as your Savior. He loves you, wants to be a part of your life, he wants to interact with you, and he has a plan and purpose for your life, and he has a life for you that is far more than what you can ever create for yourself. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call unto me, and I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. 
What that means is no matter how big and grand the plan that we can set up for our own life, God has a bigger and much grander plan for us to live life. You follow what I'm saying? God's plan for your life is far greater than the plan you make for your own. And that's exciting. But we have to have those. We have to be sensitive to our walk with Jesus on a moment-by-moment basis. And God will reveal those directions that he has for us to live. Now is the right time. Now is the right time to make that commitment to Christ to receive God's gift of salvation. Now is the time to join the church if you haven't. Now is the time to recommit your marriage and family. Now is the time to renew your commitment to walk in a close fellowship with Christ. Let's be honest. Every day we're called to walk closely to Jesus. We don't always do it, but God calls us to it. And if we, our heart says, God, help me to walk with you. What does that entail? What, is it, what does it entail to, to appreciate a miracle in a minute, in a moment? What does it entail to look at God's timing on his schedule for your day and what to do? What is it, do when I say think about God's timing for you, what am I actually saying? I'm saying this. Yield your heart, your spiritual eyes, your spiritual ears, your spiritual heart to God in such a way that you're attentive to him and his promptings and his leadership for you each day, moment by moment. But that takes intentional effort. We have to be willing to say, God, I want to know you and be so close to you and be in step with you. And I know that that requires like David who said, I want to hear the heartbeat of my Lord. Isn't that cool? I want to hear the heartbeat of my Lord. I want to be like John that leaned on the breast of Jesus around the Lord's supper table and could hear the breath of Jesus or the heartbeat moving in his chest. He's just leaning up against Jesus. John was Jesus' closest friend on earth. And to have that picture of knowing his heartbeat, knowing his breath, knowing his presence, that's what God wants us to experience in him. I mean, I can think back to, you know, the, the historical aspect of John at the table next to Jesus and thinking, man, I wish I could have enjoyed that. God's telling me and you today, he says, we can enjoy that now. If we take each moment to really, really love Jesus, what does that mean? It just means be very sensitive to him. Be aware of him. Listen to him. Know his presence. Know his breath. Know when he's speaking. Know when he says, stop, rest. Know when he says, get up, work, rely on me. <laughs> Whatever the case is, that's what we need to be able to do. Now's the time, of course, like I said, to join the church or to, or to recommit to your marriage and family or to renew your commitment and walk with Jesus. How close are you walking with Jesus? Do you hear the heartbeat of Jesus? I tell you what, we don't hear it clear enough, and there's always the effort to, to hear the heart of Jesus more clearly. Amen? Really, we can always get closer to Jesus. We can always hear the definitive direction of Jesus more distinctly as we yield our lives to him and cling to him and listen to him. One moment in time can determine an eternal destiny. Oh, I don't want to receive Jesus today. 
Can you imagine standing before God, having died after his reject, saying, I don't want to receive Jesus today? I understand it. You know, I, my best friend growing up said, I believe Jesus was who he was, and he died and was buried, but I don't believe he rose from the dead because your body just decays. And he stopped there in his faith. But, but it was about a year later where he said, his family said, because he was bedridden, that he received Christ. But how tragic it would have been if he had died before he received Christ, knowing the truth and standing before God and God saying, you heard it, it was right there in front of you, giving myself to you, and you rejected me. But praise God for, for all of you, for most of you, or all of you that have received Jesus into your heart. And praise God for those that are still yet to receive Christ into their heart. Wouldn't it be a wonderful time during this Christmas season if God, if we prayed, God, open doors for us to be more sensitive to when you would have us to share you with others? That maybe God would orchestrate a circumstance where you actually have the privilege of leading someone to Jesus? What a tremendous gift at Christmas time that would be for them and for you for all of us right now is just a moment you don't have to live your life separated from God's love and blessing you know what that's not just for the lost person speaking it's talking about the believer too we avoid God's love and blessing if we're not clinging to him and listening to his heart or the breath on the, the breath of his mouth right being in his presence. Today is the right time to receive Christ's gifts of, gift of salvation through Jesus. And if you've ever made a commitment of your life to Jesus Christ, receiving him as your Lord and Savior, then I invite you to make a commitment to live for him today, more and more. This moment can change your earthly direction as well as your eternal destiny. You understand what that means? Let's say you're sitting here in this room or listening and you go, I'm a Christian, but I know that I am not all in for Jesus. I'm a Christian, but I know what my life is outside of church. I'm a Christian, but I'm not right there with the Lord. If you're not at that place where you're close to God and you're just... just um, uh, then I urge you to, to take that step. Now is the time. Say, God, I don't want anything between you and I. I don't want any space. I don't want any distance. I want anything that's in between us that's hindering us from being close to be removed. And I want to be right here with you. This close. You know what? That's always an opportunity for us to do more of. All of us have that opportunity to grow closer to Jesus. And that decision is like what this says on the board. This moment can change your earthly direction as well as your eternal destiny. We're not going to know the purpose that God created for us to live unless we're living for him. <laughs> and if we're not living for him, then we're not going to experience the eternal destiny of, I say, the destiny of our life or what he's created us for. And certainly if we don't receive Christ as our Savior... If a person rejects Christ, they don't, they don't have the security of knowing that they're going to heaven through faith in Christ. Right? 
So is a minute valuable? Yeah. Holy Spirit's prompting you to pray? Stop and pray. That minute's valuable. Holy Spirit's prompting you to speak about him? That minute's valuable. Holy Spirit's saying, hey, I just want to be close to you? That minute's valuable. Hey, you feel led to sing to the Lord in your heart, in your spirit, or verbally? Sing. That moment is valuable because all of those moments are miracle minutes because they wouldn't happen if Jesus wasn't in our life. Those are miracle minutes and we can praise God for that. Let's go to the Lord. Father, I want to thank you for each person here, each person that hears this message and I pray, Father, that again, if there be someone that hears this and is not absolutely sure that they are saved that they would say, Lord, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and was buried and rose and is alive today. And I want you to forgive me for my sins and come live in my heart and be my Lord and my Savior. If there are those that have never prayed that prayer, I pray that they would pray that prayer and ask you again into their life to forgive them of their sins and to be a part of their life and that they would follow you and yield to you as they would look to you to be their Lord and their Savior. And I pray, Father, that you help each one of us as believers in Christ to just grow closer to you, to hear your very heartbeat, Lord, to, um, to be in your presence like John leaning up against your chest, just that close. And we can know that very clearly as we walk with you in your spirit, as we walk and step with you in your spirit today. And every day, we can know that closeness with you. And I pray that each one of us will seek you out that way and know you with such intense closeness, far beyond what we have ever experienced in our life thus far. And I pray your honor that in Jesus' name. Amen.